Welcome, and thank you so much for tuning into the first episode of this podcast that's going to be diving deep into the maze that is the Marilyn Manson cases, as well as the different allegations and relevant topics they entail. Since this is a debut episode, allow me to first introduce myself. My name is Kelly, and I run the website justiceformarilynmanson.com. And you can find me over on Instagram at Justice for Manson. Am I a lawyer? No. I'm also not a journalist. I'm just someone like you who took curiosity in the Manson cases and found my way falling deep down a rabbit hole. Let's step back a couple of years. In February 2021, when multiple women coordinated to launch a media campaign naming Brian Warner, publicly known to the world as Marilyn Manson, as a super abuser, I was aghast and chose to believe them because I support survivors of abuse in general and naturally hate to think anyone would lie. The next morning, I actually got ticked off at a friend who reserved judgment. I was like, oh my gosh, how can you not believe all these women? There's several of them. To which he wisely said, well, we haven't seen any evidence and innocent till proven guilty, right? Right. Except it often doesn't work that way on the internet, does it? I then took notice as the woman chose to go to the media before they went to the courts. They launched a full-scale PR campaign that included appearances on shows like Good Morning America, as well as interviews with publications like People Magazine, The Cut, Harper's Bazaar, and the list goes on. And in giving these potentially paid interviews, the women revealed that they'd sat on their information for years, which, yes, absolutely, it can take time to heal and build up your courage to come forward. But once you felt you were in a position to share your story, why would you choose to do so before the entire world in the media, before filing a lawsuit or sitting for an interview with the FBI? Speaking of the FBI, now what if I told you the most prominent accuser circulated a fake FBI letter and filed it in court? And that's not even an alleged statement. That's a fact. A fake FBI letter naming her as a, quote, key witness was weaponized in family court to move her child multiple states away without proper notice or the father's consent. And what if I also was to tell you that this prominent accuser named Evan Rachel Wood circulated this fake letter to even one of her own attorneys, sending her attorney on a wild goose chase three days before Christmas. Marilyn Manson's legal team now has within their hands voicemail messages from Evan Rachel Wood's attorney, as well as her son's father, frantically trying to get more information about this investigation she was alleging was putting her in danger right before the holidays. These messages have been transcribed and filed within court documents. Marilyn Manson's legal team also has within their hands screenshots as well as the actual device itself containing these messages where the forged FBI letter was being drafted. And what if I were to also tell you the federal agent listed on this fake FBI letter is a real FBI agent 
who has communicated with Manson's team and verified that one, she never wrote the letter, two, she never consented to her name being used on the letter, and three, she had never investigated Evan Rachel Wood, but was involved in a different matter with two employees of Wood's now-closed nonprofit. Furthermore, what if I told you that Evan Rachel Wood went on to make some pretty highly alarming claims within a sworn statement she filed in March 2021 along with her fake FBI letter? In a court statement, she claims that Manson has a network of extreme Satanists and Nazis who are helping him ritualistically torture women, cover up crimes of abuse, and even hide bodies. Now, let's let that sink in for a moment. Does that sound credible to you that an international celebrity has a network of superfans that are committing ritualistic crimes of abuse and potential murder? Or does that sound a little fishy? It's worth noting that Evan Rachel Wood did not elaborate or provide any evidence of this, nor did she even speak of going to the police about these allegations of superfans villainously supporting Manson in super crimes. Now, what Wood did produce one month later is a follow-up sworn statement acknowledging that the court, quote, questioned the nature of her alleged investigation where she was so endangered. So to appease the court, she produced a letter from LA County's DA office, not the FBI, that contains a boilerplate message that they had spoken with her as a, quote, potential victim, and they offered no mention of any danger to her or her son. Now, as nuts as this all may sound, and as we continue to discuss the multiple cases at play in future episodes of this podcast, I'm asking you to, in the back of your mind, use common sense because you are intelligent. You know what fits in the realm of possibility and you know what likely does not. Have you ever circulated a fake FBI letter with your name on it that impersonates a real federal agent? Have you ever filed a fake letter like this in court? Do you think it's okay for citizens to do such a thing? And if someone is going to circulate such a fake letter while claiming she's in extreme danger from a person she also admits she has not spoken to since 2014, to what other lengths do you think she may go to concoct a situation for personal gain that's not entirely truthful? I know I told you I'm not a lawyer, and I am not, but there is a judicial principle coined from the Latin term false omnibus, which basically instructs members of a jury that if they find someone has lied in court on one fact, that they may consider other statements from that individual to also be false. Before we get deeper, I want to put a little disclaimer out there. 
I personally grew up in an abusive household and have survived multiple sexual assaults. I don't like talking about it. I don't like making it the center of my identity. But because of these experiences, I gave weight to accusations against Marilyn Manson without evidence because it's somewhat personal to me. My response is to support victims when they come forward because I know all too well the toll abuse can have on you mentally, emotionally, and of course, physically. As I have continued to look into these cases, circulating within the back of my mind is why would these women lie? Why would multiple women lie, naming one person as an abuser if it wasn't true? The nature of having multiple accusers in and of itself tends to lend credibility to these accusations because, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? But let's remember that these cases aren't happening in my local neighborhood. They're likely not happening in your local neighborhood either. This is all coming out of Hollywood with an HBO and Sundance Film Festival documentary in the works, as well as multiple television and magazine appearances on the line for women who work within the entertainment industry. These allegations also come from a network of women that were in each other's orbit for years, dating all the way back to when their claims originate in the era of 2010-2011. But in their lawsuits, they reveal that these memories of, quote, alleged abuse didn't surface until 2020 when a film and production crew also happened to be around. Now, nearly two years after these multiple women launched their campaign against Marilyn Manson and months of dedicated personal research later, I find that this is a situation like a tricky maze with multiple entry points, twists, and surprising turns. It's also a messy one because we are talking about a public figure who, let's face it, has been sensationalized with a level of hysteria by the media for decades. An artist who has been misreported on by many journalists and misunderstood by even more people. So join me. 2023 is going to be a busy, busy year on the Justice for Marilyn Manson front. Yes, these accusations were made just about two years ago, but in the court system, they're really only starting to pick up speed because of different amendments that have been made to the lawsuits, as well as a global pandemic you may have heard about, among other court delays, which I'm sure are standard within any lawsuit, but in this situation, we are dealing with five. So that is a lot of moving pieces at play. My goal in starting this podcast was to hopefully save you time, but also to give us a place where we can chat about all of this and be on this journey together because we really do have a long road ahead to the truth. I do encourage you to please check out justiceformarylandmanson.com because on that website, I make available for you a lot more information on everything we discuss within a podcast episode, as well as 
the different court documents that I purchased made available to you for free because I truly do believe the more eyes on this, the better. And we've all seen that the media is, of course, very selective and what things that they discuss. I know this first episode has basically just been me chatting away in your ear, and I certainly can promise to do more of that. But I much prefer to have more casual, unscripted conversations about this Marilyn Manson situation because it is quite unlike anything that I have ever come across. And when I talk to people about it, they're surprised and reveal that it's really unlike anything they've ever quite come across as well. And I think that is something that you will only continue to see in future episodes. So one other thing though, I don't know exactly how informed every listener is. So I will promise, I promise to try and do my best to bring anybody who is just new to this up to speed because I realize that your life is busy. All of our lives are busy and we don't have the time to fully investigate every single situation that's happening in the world around us. Unfortunately, we do not have the time to do that. So I thank you for listening to this first episode and I also thank you for keeping an open mind because I know when you talk about Marilyn Manson to the average person, there's a perception of him that is quite dark. And I do know that when you start to question the nature of multiple accusations like this, you do sound a little bit nutty saying, hold up, pause, let's think this through because it seems like there is a lot of smoke there. But I promise you, we will be covering all of this as objectively as possible and we'll see where things go. So thank you for listening and I look forward to telling you all about an individual named Ashley Ilmagor in our next episode because she is a unique character. She is the only party named within all the five Marilyn Manson cases that's never met him. So stay tuned for that. And thank you again for listening. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast and keeping an open mind. In between episodes, find much more information and updates at justiceformarilynmanson.com. There you can also find links to join my monthly newsletter, which will provide case updates for you straight in your inbox, as well as, of course, links to social media and a whole lot more. Tastes like valor